Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Helping you unwind after a long day of work. I think he's kind of a boob. Ken's really taking the day south as a person. Can't go out there and be a moron. It doesn't work like that. The nightcap. We're eating their food on WGR Sports Radio 550. Happy Monday! It's the nightcap. On the heels of an epic All-Star weekend, it might have been. I don't know. I didn't watch a single second of anything. All-Star related for the NHL or uh, Pro Bowl related. At least not live. Of course, I saw the highlights. Jeff Skinner scoring a filthy bar down goal. Eichel scored a pretty nice goal. Saw John Gibson stepped on a puck. He had a forgettable night Yeah, in that. In that All-Star game? Yeah. That's pretty much it. That's all That's all I know that happened. Who won, who won the hardest shot competition? Was Chara there? Char was not there. Mm. It was actually Jonathan Carlson of your defending Stanley Cup champion, really? Washington Capitals. One hundred two point eight. No, that's nothing. Kind of a poor showing. One hundred two point eight. Where? Get, yeah, remember it was like Shea Weber versus Chara. Mm-hmm. It used to be like one hundred seven, one hundred eight. Carlson did a hundred <laughs> plus both times. I believe Brent Burns' second shot was triple digits, but his first didn't register. Mm. Not good. Stamkos was ninety six and ninety three. I don't remember the fourth guy. Well, at least it was cool that Kyle Williams get the he still got to go out on top. We'll probably never no one will ever remember his last game being a Pro Bowl. We'll remember the Dolphins game where he walked off the field and caught a pass. But you know, it's a pretty good showing. Kyle Williams leading a uh, defense in the Pro Bowl. They allowed seven points. It's pretty good. I don't want to talk much about that today though. Nor did I think anybody was gonna expect me to. Um, I do want to talk some football tonight. Tonight, Cap, by the way, Jody Biasi, 803-0550 is the phone number if you want to get involved in the conversation. I got a Twitter poll that's hockey-related. You can vote at SneakyJoeWGR. We'll bring that up later. I wanted to start with some football because, uh, you know, we're not going to have a lot of draft storylines, I'm assuming, this year. We'll have mock drafts. We'll have, oh, who is this This left tackle? He's really good. Maybe he could go nine to the Bills. Or they'll have, oh, is it too soon to draft a wide receiver at nine? We got this guy and this guy and this guy. And here's the good and the bad with each of them. We'll get that. But there's not going to be any drama, really, with the Bills surrounding them in this offseason when it pertains to the draft. For agency, yes, with all the cap room and all the holes, that's going to be interesting. The draft... It's going to come and go. They're going to get their guy. We're all going to be happy for the most part unless they draft like a kicker or something. And we're all going to go, oh, yeah, ninth overall pick. He'll be good. He's ninth overall. He should be. And we'll hear scouts talking him up, saying, oh, he's good at this. He's good at this. He's good at this. And it won't be unless, like like I said, if they drafted something ridiculous. Like if they drafted a running back, this would be different. But for the most part, they're going to draft someone. It's not going to be very polarizing. We're going to wait for him to play next year, and we'll, you know, we'll go from there. Quarterbacks where the drama is. Trades is where the drama is. 
And we know for one, the Bills are not going to be involved in drafting a quarterback this year. Zero percent chance. The same percentage chance, apparently, that Tom Brady is going to be playing his final game on Sunday. Because that's what he said uh, to Jeff Darlington yesterday. Tom Brady not retiring. I had to mix that in. I don't even know why I just did that. I was on a roll, and now I'm just thinking to myself, I'm, I'm depressed because I just brought up that Brady thing. But anyways, they're not drafting a quarterback. Trades. They're not trading up. Probably. I don't know why they would do that. I mean, I guess they could. Trade down is really the mo- the interesting part, I think, about this draft. And that's like the most interesting option that the Bills will have. We play firstpick.com here in the station a lot. And that's like always the route I go and that most people go that play that game. Because you get the trade offers. Like, oh, I can move down four spots and get three second-round picks. I'm in. This year... The Bills might not have that opportunity. It is all going to be dependent on what these other teams think about their current quarterback situations and what they think about the quarterbacks in this draft class. And as it stands right now, it seems like Dwayne Haskins is going to go before the Bills pick at 9. As it stands today. It's January 28th. A ton can change from now until then. But if the draft happened tomorrow, it feels like he would go to either the Jaguars and the Giants, both teams uh, pick in front of the Bills. So the Bills are sitting at 9. I see a story that runs across uh, my timeline today on the Broncos. Kyle, what was the word? Smitten? Smitten. Smitten. What does that mean, by the way? Smitten. A serious infatuation. Okay. You knew that, or you're guessing? I had to look it up, because okay. I, I normally knew smite as like <laughs> smite. sort of like a medieval term. Right. Like, I will smite you, but it does have a secondary term when used okay. like smitten. Like, man, I'm, I'm falling for this dude. Okay, so that's the word that was used to describe John Elway and his feelings with Missouri quarterback Drew Locke, who, of course, will be a draft pick this year. Uh, projected by many to go in the first round. Not everybody has him as a first-round pick, though. Uh, and no one really I've seen that, that I've seen has him like as the top guy. That's usually reserved for either Haskins or Kyler Murray. If John Elway is smitten, to use this report's terminology, with this quarterback, with Drew Locke, then maybe the best avenue for the Bills to trade down, if they're looking for that, because they do have a lot of holes and you don't want to fill them all in free agency. You'd like to get assets. It's always a good idea. Get as many assets as possible. The Patriots we're going to watch on Sunday play in the Super Bowl again. And it's a little different with them because they're always picking at the end of the first round. That is a team that is always trading down. Always. And we're, the Bills here, for the most part, they're a team that's traded up. Think of their last two big draft day trades. Not the last two, actually. Let me, let me throw out the Allen trades just for a second. Let's go before that. The the big two trades before they pick Allen. It is trading up for Sammy Watkins, and it's trading down and drafting Tredavis White. Look at those two trades. Philosophically, they were picking around the same, I think. They were picking 11th with the the pick that they trade down, that the Chiefs came up and got Mahomes. And when they picked Watkins, they were 6th, 7th, Chiefs was 10th, I believe. Chiefs was 10th, that's right. Yeah. And I want to say they were just a little, a tad lower than that when they traded up to get Watkins. I think it was seventh, but I'm not sure. So they move up to draft Watkins. Look back on that trade. 
Does anybody hold that trade in good regard right now? Nobody does. Do we know what Pekka was, by the way? Move from ninth to fourth. Thank you. Ninth to fourth. So it's a Thank one, you, one studio pick. wall. <laughs> so we have some decorations in there. We don't have a lot of sports stuff hanging on the walls in here, but we had something that told us where Sammy Watkins, uh, where that pick came from. So that's good enough. Anyways, they moved up from nine to four. Nobody holds that trade in good regard right now. Even if you defend Sammy Watkins, like I will. I think he's a very good wide receiver. I think he's a number one wide receiver in this league. Not an elite receiver, um, but the dude can't, basically because the dude can't stay healthy. Like, he's the whole package. He's fast. He's a great route runner. He's got amazing hands. He's got great athleticism. Can't stay healthy, though. I acknowledge that. So I'm not going to defend that trade for one instance because they should not have done that. And Watkins, like, take away the rest of that receiver class. They still shouldn't have done the trade. And then, now I'm going to add that receiver class back in. Now they really, really, really shouldn't have done that trade. When Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry and like a thousand other receivers that have been productive in the league go after Watkins. Compare that. Trading up philosophy. 9-4 to to draft a receiver. Now compare that to trading down. From 10 all the way to 27. Even though you're trading down 17 picks, which is a lot. You still ended up with Tredavis White. And you can argue the Bills lost that trade. In fact, you probably should, considering the Chiefs maybe got the best quarterback in the league off of it. But the Bills weren't taking a quarterback there. For right or wrong, they weren't going to. And they traded down and they got one of the premier corners in the league. Philosophically, that trade worked out for the Bills. It did for the Chiefs too, but that trade worked out for the Bills. Trading down is the way to go. And this year, they might have an opportunity with that. Circling back to this report on the Denver Broncos that John Elway is smitten with Drew Locke, Missouri quarterback. For the Bills to have an opportunity here to trade down and really get something substantial, you need the quarterback to be in play. Because you can trade down if somebody's looking for a running back, or not a running back, but a receiver or a corner or a lineman or a linebacker or something like that. You'll get something if you want to move down, and that's the position that the other team is targeting. But you really don't get that big haul unless a team is really trying to get a quarterback, for the most part. Like, there are exceptions to that rule. Um, who's the Saints pass rusher? Is that Marcus Davin- Davenport? Mm-hmm. Davenport, uh, the Saints gave up a first-round pick in addition to the pick they traded up with to get him. That's an anomaly. For the most part, you're not going to get another first-round pick unless the quarterback's in play. That happened with the Travis White trade. Bills moved down to 27. They got a first the next year. What quarterback could be in play at 9? That's what we have to look at. We really have to explore if these guys are actually going to be that good. We should be as interested in this draft class that we have maybe not necessarily to last draft class, but any of them before that. Because it's going to affect the Bills, what other teams think of these guys. Elway liking Drew Locke could mean the Bills could trade down if there is a team behind the Broncos that wants Drew Locke. Think about how easy that would be, how easy that would be to sell. The Bills are Team A. You go to Team B and say, we know you love Drew Locke. The Broncos are probably taking him one pick after us. You want him? Give us a first-round pick. An extra one. 
here, here's your ninth pick, here's your future quarterback. That's an easy sell. If the Broncos, this if this report is true, they love him. It's the first smoke of the season. It's the first quarterback smoke. Remember last year how much of that there was? Every other day, every day. Every hour. Every hour, yeah. There was a different report tying one team to a different quarterback. The Bills at one point in time, and this kind of fueled the talk all last offseason, it seemed like every week with the Bills there was a different report tying them to a different quarterback. Hey, they really love Baker Mayfield. Hey, they talked to Josh Rosen. They flew out to see him. Hey, they flew out to see Sam Darnold. It was really like the pro days. Like It's kind of how we went through it, and then we explored what each quarterback would mean to drafting here in Buffalo. And if you remember correctly, this isn't part of the point, but when the Josh Allen conversation came up, most people didn't like that idea. So just remember that. Hindsight's twenty twenty. I know. We remember that vividly. Oh, yeah. We lost a faithful brother. <laughs> yeah, we did. He's gone. And remember, Sal's first mock draft, I remember, last year, that he put out and he had the Bills taking Josh Allen. Everybody blasted him for it. Which, like, fair enough. Not, like, blasted Sal for it, but blasted the idea. And I was one of them. And we were proven wrong. Anyways, keep getting off track here. But I'm, I'm, I'm staying close enough to the railway where I can just hop right back on the train. It's not moving too fast. Okay, well, let's deviate a little bit here. Just a little bit of snark here, but it also oh, has, is a talking point. Shoot. Given John Elway's track record as a general <laughs> manager in picking and choosing well, his no, starting is, is quarterbacks. Is nobody else going to like Drew Locke? Right, if you're Drew Locke, are you actually worried <laughs> before you even get drafted that he yeah. has an interest in you? Do you know where that report maybe came from? It was uh, from Dwayne Haskins' team. They want yes. they want other teams yeah. to think that Elway likes Drew Locke so that they won't. They'll be like, oh, what's wrong with him? <laughs> it's funny. Um, but anyways, for the Bills to be able to trade down in this hypothetical, you need a team behind Denver to really want a quarterback. Because, I mean, Denver could trade up for you, but I don't know why they'd do that. The two teams that you would think most want a quarterback are ahead of the Bills. That's going to be tough. you got the Giants and Jaguars. They're off the, out of the picture. You have to look at the rest of the first round and think, all right, who is going to be thinking quarterback? i got two teams, that two with a, with a bit of a stretch for the third team. I think Miami should absolutely be in the market for a quarterback in this draft. Now, there are a couple differing reports on them in the past few weeks that could sway that one way or the other. One, I saw something today that basically saying what we already kind of know, they're moving on from Tannehill. I think we are all kind of know that anyway. They're moving on from Tannehill. Got another one that said they're really thinking hard about that 2020 quarterback draft class. Tua, Tegaviola from Alabama will be there. Uh, the Oregon kid, Justin Herbert's going to be there. I think there's another one that I'm not, it's up the tip of my tongue right now. Uh, Tr- Trevor Lawrence might be another year after that. I-, I think so. But next year, there's some good quarterbacks. Maybe Miami wants to push this off till next year. Or if they do move on from Tannehill and they do fall in love with one of these quarterbacks, that's a team right there that could want to move in front of Denver right to where the Bills are picking. Trade down candidate number one. Number two, Washington. Alex Smith, it'd be stunning if he played in 2019. You see the cast on his leg? I, mean, I hope the guy gets well. He's 34 years old. I think he can still play again in this league if he gets healthy. But I'd be stunned, and I think a lot of people would be stunned, if that dude played in 2019. So the Redskins are going to have an interesting spot at quarterback. And even if he was healthy, 
I think they'd be a candidate to pick one. Because he's older. And he's kind of the, you know, this is, this is twice already. He's been a bridge quarterback. It just kind of happens. Wherever Alex Smith goes, like you, you kind of know. He's their quarterback, but in the back of their minds, you got to be thinking that they're thinking, all right, what's our next move? What's our next move here? We got Alex Smith, but we got to be thinking in the future. Even if he's healthy, Washington's thinking that. And he's not. That's a team that could trade up for you. They're at 15. By the way, Miami, I should have mentioned, is at 13. So you'd be trading down four spots. It's not like the Bills be moving down even even like they did for uh, Tredavis White. You're moving down a few spots, but you're going to get some value if those, those teams fall in love with the quarterback. Washington at 15, Miami at 13. The third team that I do think is kind of a stretch, but I'll mention them anyway, Oakland, no idea what they're going to do. I, I truly believe they could do anything at this point. Gruden, I mean, you trade Khalil Mack, I think anything's on the table. And he blew up the whole thing. It seems to me that John Gruden doesn't want what happened in Tampa to happen in Oakland. Not that he won the Super Bowl, but he's had some quotes kind of being annoyed with the fact that some people have said, hey, you won the Super Bowl with Tampa, but you did it with Tony Dungy's team. And maybe for Gruden to say, I want to avoid that in the future, I don't want anyone to say, I won this with Reggie McKenzie's team or Jack Del Rio's team. He's going scorched earth. And if he does it at all the other positions, I can't think for a second that Derek Carr is locked in there. John Gruden could absolutely be thinking quarterback somewhere else. And, listen, we we just made fun of Elway. Maybe that wouldn't be a good sign if Drew Locke likes you. Look, I mean, Gruden's the guy out here touting Peterman last year as the most pro-ready quarterback, and then he signed him. So I don't, I don't know. Too, too, I don't. I wouldn't be too enthusiastic if I'm in, uh, well, Vegas, I guess, about John Gruden and his uh, decision-making at quarterback. Breaking news. We do have some breaking news. Is it's, it like big breaking it's news? A sw- it's we're changing topics, we're changing sports, but a wait. trade just went down in the Atlantic Division. Okay, wait, wait. Can I? Can I guess? Because the way that you reacted and the way that you kind of just set this up, I'm going to think that it's it's a noteworthy trade, but it's not necessarily super impactful. Like, I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think Artemi Panarin just got traded. Artemi Panarin has not been dealt. It is a... Give me me a team. I want to try to guess this. Give me a team that made this trade. The Los Angeles Kings. They traded someone to... To the Atlantic. They traded a player... A player to the Atlantic for prospect, a forward prospect. Holy cow. Jake Jake Muzzin Muzzin is a Toronto Maple Leaf. Wow, really? For a forward prospect, Carl Grundstrom, defenseman prospect, Sean Dorsey, and a first-round pick in 2019. Wow. Jake Muzzin, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm going to do... Some internet searching real quick, Woo! but I believe he is on That's... the other side of 30 already. Um, That's quite the no, I think he might be younger than you think. I always think he's old. And oh, he's I was wrong by a month. 29. Okay. So you were you were almost there. Wow. That's a haul. I mean, he's good. Well, I wouldn't be happy if the Sabres would just make that trade. He's won cups. <laughs> he's won cups. Yeah. He has won Winning cups. atmosphere. He has won cups. Uh, Twenty-one I mean, points he, this year. He's offensive. He he puts up. His, he's a good defenseman. He's a really good defenseman. He's a top pair guy in the league for sure. He's not a number one, but he's a top pair guy. Um, all right, Toronto 
Maple Leafs acquired Jake Muzzin. I like that move for them. Even though that's a... I don't know too much about this Sean Dersey guy, but Carl Gunstrom is a prospect that's pretty highly thought of. I think he was a... I think he was a first-round pick. He... Second round. All right. So not amazing. But they got a former second-round prospect... They got another lower-level prospect and then a first-round pick. So imagine if the Sabres just now had traded like Brendan Gooley in a first-round pick for Jake Muzzin. I don't think I would have been interested. I wouldn't have liked that. If I'm a Toronto fan, I'm thinking I'm, winning, I'm wanting to win the Cup this year. And I'm trying to compete with that Tampa team, which is loaded all over the place. So I think for Toronto, this makes sense. And that's kind of the difference, I think, between the two teams. Not that, not that we have to compare the Sabres to everybody here, but... The Sabres are in a spot where they are they have a young core. They're not really in any serious contention to win the cup this year. Toronto absolutely is. And they gotta be thinking, how do I get over Tampa? Like Buffalo, for instance, there is no way they're getting over Tampa. Just I no no chance. The Leafs could. And that's a that's a big move. Speaking of uh the Maple Leafs. They were kind of a part of my Twitter poll, which is this is perfect here because I wanted to transition to hockey in the next segment. I have a poll up on Twitter at SneakyJoeWGR. If the Sabres make the playoffs, just for for instance, the Sabres make the playoffs, which team did they catch? Looking into the future here, you got four options Montreal, Columbus, the Islanders, other. Put the Islanders even in there because they're nine points ahead, but mostly I think not everybody thinks that they're for real. Uh, the other would include teams like Toronto, Pittsburgh, Boston, which Boston, Pittsburgh, they're actually closest to right now. Even you look at it, for all the struggles the Sabres have had, there's still only eight points behind Toronto. But, I mean, they just added Jake Muzzin. So, if you thought that, that was even a, there was even a sliver of hope that that would be a team that you could catch, it's a lot harder now because that's a, that's a number, that's a top pair defenseman that they just added from the Kings. Quickly on the Kings, like their, their reign is over. Not that any of us, I think, kind of second-guess that, but I don't think this is just like an off year for them. Last year they were in the playoffs. They got rolled by Vegas. This is not an off year for them. Them, They and Chicago, who, as it stands right now, are the worst two teams in the Western Conference. Remember when they were winning a cup like every other year? It was those two back and forth. Chicago, L.A., Chicago, L.A., Chicago. Both. Done. I mean, carve the great gravestone. Chicago especially, that era of them winning cups, absolutely over. I'd be shocked shocked if they made the playoffs in the next few years with how they're set up. And the Kings, similar situation to me. They're old. They have a goaltender that's, to me, supremely overrated in Jonathan Quick. And now, I would have said one of the, their only strength left would have been their top pair. Dowdy and Muzzin is one of the best defensive duos in the league. And they just traded half of it, so maybe they're maybe they're inching towards rebuilding mode. Well, maybe we'll. I we there's another team that Kyle mentioned to me before uh, before the show that might be willing to trade anybody. We'll talk about them next. I might want to throw the Kings in here a little bit too, because if they are thinking rebuild, uh, maybe there could be some interesting options there that the Sabers might want to trade for. We'll see. You can vote on my Twitter poll at SneakyJoeWGR. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll get to your calls after the break. It's the Nightcap with Jody Biasi and Kyle Powell here on WGR.
it's not going to sort of affect me at all. I think that there's too much going on here to worry about. I think we, we're right in the in the mix of the race here, and every game's going to be huge for us, I think, starting with tomorrow. So as a player, that's more than enough to focus on, and that's what I'm going to do. That's what we're going to do as a team and get off to a good start of the second half here. NHL All-Star Jeff Skinner. Sabres back in action tomorrow night in Columbus. It's a big game. Standings-wise, four-pointer. Then they just got one more road game after that, Wednesday in Dallas. It's tough travel there. They got to go Columbus to Dallas overnight. Uh, but then they get seven home games in a row, starting with the Blackhawks on Friday. 803 is the phone number. Who do you think that the Buffalo Sabres can catch? It's basically it. They got to catch somebody. They just got to catch one. And then they're in. Of those teams that are in. Before we do get to hockey, let's get to one caller who wanted to talk some football uh, before we get too far away from it. Let's go to Tom. Tom, you're the nightcap. What's up? Tom, are you there? Tom A. No, Tom. All right. Back to hockey. Um, so I've said a couple times, especially last week, that the way it looks to me right now, the only team the Sabres can realistically catch in the standings is the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think that they are quite as good as they are They are in the standings right now. They have played three more games in the Sabres, so hypothetically, if the Sabres were to win those three games in hand, you're only a point behind. Uh, but the way they've played, or with the way they've been getting results recently, uh, three in a row might be tough. Or winning all those games in hand might be tough. Montreal, Carey Price had that one MVP season. He's had two other incredibly good seasons. And the rest of his career, he's only been slightly above average. And this year, he's average. Couple that with the fact that you look at their top three scores, the Canadiens right now. Max Domi, Jonathan Drouin, Tomas Tatar. Three players that throughout their careers have been notoriously inconsistent. Young careers, but... They've all three of those guys have been inconsistent. And that all, holds true this year too. Yeah, it has. They've gone ice cold in the last yep. month. They were super hot to start the year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to think that if they don't really pick it up, which you can't assume that they're going to, maybe they even come back down to earth a little bit more. Then that I don't see how that team's going to continue to win games. They don't have the depth on the blue line to to make it up. Price is not playing at the level right now where he can make it up. Montreal is my team, uh, but you can vote at. Sneaky Joe WGR on Twitter, as I said. Uh, as it's looking right now, most of you agree with me. Do you think Montreal, right now, as it stands, 54% say they'll catch the Canadiens, 27% say the Blue Jackets, 14% say the Islanders, 5% say other, which would include the Bruins and Penguins, who actually right now are the two wildcard teams. Those are the two teams closest to the Sabres. But, I mean, Columbus even, you've got this Panarin stuff that's going around. Uh, his agent releases a statement today saying that they are not going to think about or talk to the team about his future until after the year. So I think that would increase the likelihood that he could be traded. They still probably won't, I would think, but it could happen. They could trade Artemi Panarin. And then, I mean, that's their best offensive player. I don't think you could just take the best offensive player off that team and they can continue to be as good as they've been. Islanders, I mean, they're super hot right now. They kind of remind you of the Sabres in November, just winning a ton of games in a row. And everyone kind of thinking, oh, wow, I didn't even know they were capable of this. Sabres came back down to earth. Look how quickly, by the way, they came back down to earth. Think 
start of December, mid-December, when we were sitting here talking about the playoffs like it was a surety. Like they were definitely making it. They had like a, they had like a what was it? Did it ever get up double digits? 11 points? Like their, their lead over a playoff spot? I think it got into the double digits. If it didn't, it was, it was eight or nine within one or two points. Yeah. yeah. And right now, the Islanders are sitting with a nine-point gap between them and Buffalo. I think the Sabres proved to you that an average team that goes on a streak like that and builds a cushion can get come back to earth pretty quickly. They can get out of a spot pretty quickly. It's been only a month, and we're out of one. So I think the Sabres are almost your proof. I think the Islanders are an average team. I think that could happen. All likelihood, though, that's going to be tough because that is still a lot of points to make up. Uh, I think Montreal is definitely your most likely team to knock out, and uh, Columbus is probably second, but I think there's probably a big gap between those two. 803-0550 is the phone number. Let's go to Jonathan and Alden. Jonathan, you're on the nightcap. What's up? Jonathan, you there? Anything? Nope. All right. 0 for 2. That's weird. All right. We can still bounce back. Can we? We can still bounce back. Well, let's see. We're 0 for 2, so if we wanted to get back to uh, over 500, we would need to hit on our next three. No, no, no. Hey, you make it to the Hall of Fame going 3 for 10. Okay, that's baseball. Three for ten. Oh, don't get me started here. Don't just no. Not gonna do it. Um, looking at it right now, I think I really do think if they trade B- Panarin, I think that opens them up to trade Bobrovsky. Talking about the Blue Jackets here. If that happens, I mean, there's no way that team is staying above you. I don't think they're at fifty nine points. Sabers are at fifty four. We still get to play them a couple times twice. You win your two games against Columbus in regulation. You control your own destiny in that aspect. You win your two games against Columbus in regulation. You're talking about a one-point difference. That's it. It's it's kind of amazing that the Sabres are, in all these sites, about 50% to make it. It's a coin flip, still. Even though they are four points out of a spot, and Pittsburgh is the team that you're four points out. But, I mean, you look at it, they're... Although they might not all seem realistic, there's a lot of targets. Pittsburgh is there. Boston is there. Montreal is there. Columbus, Washington, all these teams, while they might seem like they're definitely better than you, they're all within striking distance. Pittsburgh right now, I should have updated this. Pittsburgh's playing right now. They're losing 2 to nothing to New Jersey at home. New Jersey's terrible this year. So they're struggling. I mean, they're down 2 nothing to New Jersey. I didn't even notice that. They're down 2 nothing New Jersey in the first period. Uh, if they lose, Sabres are four points behind them. You'll have a game in hand. Like, that becomes a target. Are you better than Pittsburgh? No. They're not. That doesn't mean you can't make the playoffs over them. It's hockey. Things happen. Bounces. Teams get lucky. There was a Colorado playoff team from like three, four years ago that was awful. So much puck luck. And Varlamov, their goalie, had like a Vesna caliber year. And those two things, the luck and the goaltending, just pushed them into the playoffs. A team that probably had absolute I mean, they did not have any business being in that playoffs to me. But they made it because it happens. New Jersey last year. That sounds like the last year that Ryan O'Reilly was in town. 
They get bumped in the first round by Minnesota. Minnesota, yeah. McKinnon was a rookie, I think. Uh, yeah, that was it. And New Jersey last year, similar. Just like one MVP-level player, Taylor Hall, helped drive the bus the whole time. And maybe the Sabres could be that this year. They could be a team that makes the playoffs, and everybody whines about the format and the the, the, uh, the getting a point for overtime losses because the Sabres made it over the Penguins. That could happen. I still think, though, Montreal's the team. If they don't add something at the deadline, they have depth, but I don't see the top-end talent there. I just don't. I mean, Max Domi had eight goals last year. All year. Jonathan Druin has not lived up to his draft expectations. And then it's like Gallagher and Andrew Shaw, and you got a rookie in Kakanyemi. He looks like he'll be good, but he's 18 years old. I just don't think there's enough there. I think that is a realistic team to catch. And if you look at the math right now, it might seem daunting because you look it up at them, they're seven points ahead of you. How amazing is that, by the way? Again, bringing back to the Islanders, you think that they can't make up nine points? Montreal was like nine points behind the Sabres. Now they're seven ahead. Yeah, it's well, that's the beauty as well of these um, these breaks, these designated right? CBA weeks off. I remember I heard Paul Hamilton talking about that with the guys when he joined at 6 o'clock. Montreal had that chance to gain some ground and create some space on the Sabres when Buffalo was off before the All-Star break, before we even got yep. to the designated break for the league. And now Buffalo's got a chance to shorten that seven-point gap while Montreal sits on the couch. Right. They have three games, I think three games, until uh, Montreal plays next. Yeah. You can narrow that to one point. And it's doable. Yeah. Columbus is probably the... It doesn't I think without question the most difficult matchup you have in the next for, three yeah, games. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But even they don't have to win all three. I mean, can you give me four of six or five of six? Because then we're still talking about a two or three point gap, mm-hmm. which is absolutely realistic, especially when that's the team you're trying to catch. I didn't mention Toronto, by the way. No, I did. They were eight points ahead. Um, like it's it's there. It's still there. There's a reason that the Sabers are about fifty percent on a lot of these sites to make it. Like it's still realistic. It might not feel like it right now. But it is. Like, there's an opportunity here. They are not one of these bottom feeders. Ottawa, New Jersey. Sorry, Kyle, but Philly. Detroit. Florida. Rangers. Like, there are already six teams that are just out of it. Completely. Rangers, Panthers, Red Wings, Flyers, Devils, Senators. They're not making the playoffs. At least we're in a race here. That's all I asked for before the season. I just hope they stay in it. 8030550 is the phone number. 550-550 is the text line. You can tweet on my poll at SneakyJoeWGR on Twitter. Who do you think is most likely for the Sabres to catch? We've got Montreal leading the way. Blue Jackets second. Islanders third. Other fourth. Basically nobody voting for other. Um, we got a trade that happened in the league. If you missed it, about 10, 15 minutes ago, the Toronto Maple Leafs making a big swing, getting... Top pair defenseman, Jake Muzzin from the Los Angeles Kings. They trade two prospects and a first-round pick to acquire him. Um, Doesn't sound like a trade I think the Sabres would be interested in. Those two teams are in different spots. Um, So there's that. 803-0550 is the phone number. It's the nightcap with Jody Biasi and Kyle Powell and WGR.
I got some cool things. Uh, my game jersey that I wore during the game, I got that signed by uh, all the guys in the East. I got a stick signed, I believe, by everyone in the All-Star game again, and then I grabbed one of Crosby's sticks. I've been waiting on, on one of those for a little bit, so it was really cool to get one of his. I have an Alex Ovechkin stick, too, so it's cool I got both those guys, and I got their jerseys signed, so I got a nice little area of memorabilia in my house. Wow. Jack Eichel sounds like a fanboy. Ho-hum. I did see a story today that I think TSN did or somebody that uh, he had Crosby posters like in his room like growing up. Really? I don't think I like that. First off, it's already hard enough that you're from Boston and that you're a Patriots fan and that you like the Bruins growing up. But you like Crosby too? You see he got booed in San Jose? Yes, I did. What do you think that was about? Was that more about them beating the Sharks, or was that more just him being Crosby? Because he gets booed a lot of places. I think San Jose was just in a very hostile mood that entire weekend. They also booed John Tavares. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. They booed John Tavares. John Tavares spurned them. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, they offered, they offered him the most money like anyone's ever been offered in the NHL, and he turned it down to go to Toronto. Um, so I was watching this Jets-Flyers game. Yeah. That I got on in here, one of the two games around the NHL this year. Yep. And I was just looking Today, at you mean. What did I say, this year? This year. <laughs> there are more than catch. two games this year. <laughs> I appreciate that catch. <laughs> I was just looking at Patrick Line and the curious season he's had. So I looked it up because I knew I knew he had one big one one big month, and it was November. Right. Well, because he got, started off super hot. He was ahead of Skinner at one point for like first in the league. He's got twenty five goals on the year. Thirty four okay. points. Felt like he had twenty one like two months ago. Twenty five goals. How many came in November? It was a month where he had three hat-tricks. Fifteen. Including... Well, three hat-tricks. Eighteen. Including a five-goal performance. Is it more than 18? It's actually exactly 18. It's 18? That's all of a guess. 72% of his goal output this year came in a 30-day span. He's a bust. Starting on November 1st, ending November 29th. Spanning the entire month. 18 goals. Yep, Winnipeg uh, somehow... Manages to be first place in the West. Imagine if Jeff Skinner just stopped scoring after November. I mean, kind of. No, he didn't. He actually didn't. He kept going. He's on a bit of a drought now, if you want to call four games a drought. But yeah. I, I think it's okay to boo Crosby, by the way. No matter where you are. Yes. I agree. I just. Well, you're, you, you're a Flyers fan. You're, you're biased. No, no, I'm, you're, you're right. You are right. Mm hmm. But it means more coming from me because I'm not a Flyers fan. You know what I mean? Favorite moment, Philadelphia versus Crosby history. Eastern Conference quarterfinals 2012. 28 best, seconds the into the game. Best series I've ever seen in my Claude life. Claude Giroux hockey. pummels Sidney Crosby. 12 seconds later, strips, steals the puck. Top corner, Marc-Andre yep. Fleury. Flyers go on to win the series. I, After like 95 combined goals. Whenever I'm in a violent mood, I watch brawls from that series. I loved that series. I didn't have Chris a rooting... Tang and Scott yeah. Hartnell were getting, getting in yep. each other's hair. I like, never, I never rooting interest on other either side, and that that was just one of the best series of hockey I've ever seen. Um, but I think for one, I think it's okay to boo him because I think you want more out of the face of your game, not even production wise, but when he came into the league. I mean, he has been the face of the NHL. But the way he conducted himself the first few years in the league, I think rubbed everybody the wrong way. And like personality-wise, there's nothing I think you want more. There's a th- think about just like the league itself. Now, 
I don't care much about the All-Star game. But when you're the face of the NHL, right, and the All-Star game is for what? It's for kids. And you're probably the most popular player in the league for a decade to all those kids who are probably always looking forward to seeing you play in the All-Star game. Like, oh, he's going to play with Ovechkin. That'd be cool. I think it up until it was up until three years ago, he had played in one All-Star game. He was injured for a couple, and he, like, skipped the rust. Like, that always rubbed me the wrong way, too. There was a point where John Scott had played the same amount of All-Star games as Sidney Crosby. That was a joke. He's played the last three. But I think he's rubbed... Like, that's just one example. I'm not saying that's the reason. But there's a lot of stuff like that that I just think... You're allowed to boo him. If you no, know. I get what you mean. And his persona on the ice and how he handles himself, his disposition, always he, it's a bad rap with the referees, the relationship he has, getting away with calls. I mean, He kind Stanley of reminds Cup, me of Jay Cutler. Stanley Cup playoffs like a couple of years ago. He's in, he's in the spotlight because he didn't get called. He slashed Mark Mathot's thumb off. <laughs> he, tr- he literally chopped the guy's thumb off. And then yeah. was like, "Where's why am I getting called? Buddy, he's got three thumbs right now. And like, I'm, I'm fine if you like, if, even if you run somebody once in a while. Like, okay. Like Ovechkin, he did that here. He did dirty hit on Danny Briere. That was really early in his career, but he like, just benched. It's Chara. a different. It's a di- yeah. It's a different kind of physicality. He'll run guys, and Crosby is just a, he. Last year, last year, I mean, he's supposed to be you think a matured guy by now, and Ryan O'Reilly, who it seems is like he's always he's always a nominee for like the most gentlemanly player in the league, and there's Crosby just. The, about as dirty a play as you can have. Stick right between the legs. Face of your league. Like, I don't need the face of my league being Brad Marchand light with a ton more points. I don't need that. He's also not the best player in the world anymore. Like, no way. If I was an owner in the NHL and I was interviewing general manager candidates, like, I could be the Sabres owner. It doesn't matter. My first question is, Who's the best player in hockey right now? And if they don't say Connor McDavid, I, I, I'm asking them to leave. I'm asking them to leave. Because the only the only reason you would say Crosby is because he's won Stanley Cups, which is in the past. Like, that's the one thing. Like, you get too hung up on what happened four or five years ago. Well, the one cup, it was like eight. And then the others, it's been like two or three. But still, there's so much that goes into that. If I was an owner, my first question to a general manager would be, who's the best player in the game? If they say McDavid, they keep going. If they say Crosby, hit hit the road. So it's not Carter Hart. That it's is not, not the correct answer to the question. It's not Carter Hart. It's also not Claude Giroux, which has been said. Some I've heard that before. Um, no, yeah. It's not. Yeah, the fame of Philly beat writing came right. during that series where they said – Yep. He's the best player in the world. Surpassed Sidney Crosby. Yes. We're going to talk more about the Flyers and the Kings as well. A little bit about the Ducks, too, because those are three teams right now that it seems are on the verge of a blow-up. And we'll analyze those three teams, see if there's anything we could pick out of them that the Sabres might be interested in. If you want to let us know uh, what you think of those three teams, 803-0550-550-550. Let me me take a break in the middle there. 803-0550 is the phone number. 550-550 is the text line. Those three teams, Ducks, Kings, Flyers, anything you'd be interested in for the Sabres. We'll talk about that after the break. I also got an interesting uh, Browns comparison. Like I don't need to pick on the Browns, but 
It, we'll get to it. It's the nightcap, Jody Biasi and Kyle Powell here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 